Good afternoon, everyone. This is your call to worship for the first Saturday in May. Today is May the 2nd, 2020. I bring you greetings first in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I bring you greetings on behalf of our pastor, Reverend Dr. Millicent Black. We say welcome to the Saturday evening worship service of Refuge from the Storm Church. It's a delight to be able to to greet you in the name of the Lord. I trust that your day has been delightful. Um, We don't take it lightly that you chose to be here. We're grateful that you joined us in worship today and we come together to praise the Lord for all that he's done to worship him for who he is We could not have made it thus far without him. So we say, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. We welcome our returning listeners and members, and we have a special welcome to any new listeners we have. We trust that after today you won't consider yourself a visitor. You consider yourself a friend. We want to remind you that uh, God is indeed in love with you. He is fighting your battles, and he's arranging things in your favor He's making a way even when you don't see it or can't even imagine that he's doing it. So Pastor once told us, don't give up. Stop and rest if you must, but please don't give up. So thank you for being here today. And please come again next Saturday and bring a friend or loved one with you. Now today, our worship serving team will consist of our pastor, Reverend Dr. Millicent Black, who will deliver the preach word, and we again ask you to pray along as um, she prepares to offer up what the Holy Spirit is stirring up in her. Uh, Elder Carolyn Cunningham will serve as our loyal and capable worship leader today. Uh, Pray as well for Sister Carolyn as she uh, comes week after week with such beautiful scriptures and prayers. She leads us in our invocation and our invitation to giving. And she will also lead us today, I believe, in an opening song. Sister Helena Thompson will extend our invitation to discipleship. And Sister Helena also serves as the manager of TalkShoe, responsible for all the wonderful worshipful music that you hear during service and as the prelude to worship. Sister um, Cheryl Miller Harvey serves as the assistant talk show manager responsible for all the operational matters. And Cheryl is also responsible for our website, which we invite you to uh, look at regularly uh, as you have opportunity. Now our altar prayer 
will be um, offered today by our wonderful sister Loretta Marley. Let me remind you of our upcoming events of the coming week. We say happy birthday to all of you who celebrate birthdays in May. Those of you who may have had a birthday the first couple of days of this week or this coming week, happy birthday to you. Today we will be celebrating the Lord's Supper. We do this in remembrance of him. As we go further in the service, Elder Carolyn will remind you when to gather up your elements, your cracker, your bread, your water, or your juice so that you will be prepared. This coming Wednesday night, we will again have our small group Bible study, which begins at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's entitled Overcomer, Overcomers, uh, created by the uh, developers of the movie War Room and of the movie of the same name. Our subject title this week will be You Are Chosen. So please join us this coming Wednesday night. Then on uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday mornings of this coming week, we again meet for our early morning intercessory prayer calls. Our starting time is 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 a.m. Central Standard Time, and 4 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. We come together to pray for our family, friends, our cities, our states, the nation, for TIs around the world, for saved and unsaved, for those who are bound, those of who are free, for everyone. We intercede on everyone's behalf. We would like to remind you, as we do each year, of the National Day of Prayer. This year, uh, on Thursday, May the 7th, 2020. Now this year's theme is Pray God's Glory Across the Earth. And that would be from Habakkuk, uh, the second chapter, the 14th verse, which reads, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And this is a public um, holiday, not an official day, but for Christians, a time to remind us to be called unto repentance and to come into agreement in prayer for America and uh, for, in fact, the whole world. Now, their website is um, www.nationaldayofprayer.org if you would like to take advantage of some of the resources that they provide and to see how they uh, the group, the task force is asking each person to pray. And there might be events in your local city that you'd like to join into. So it's a time for all of us to turn to God in prayer and meditation as a nation. Our prayer focus this particular month is safety and protection. And I'm sure that um, this is something that we all would agree that we um, need to seek God's intervention for and in. Uh, we can all think of a time when we didn't know how we would survive a situation or make it through a situation and God showed up when it seemed like uh, there was no way and he made a way out of no way. So we, we 
are reassured that our God is present and willing to help us in every circumstance. Psalm 121, 7 and 8 reads, The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The, the Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. So we thank Sister Juanita for this prayer focus for the month of May, and we ask that you go to the newsletter and uh, read over the scriptures that she's provided, and please incorporate those in your personal prayer time as you seek safety and protection in prayer for your family, friends, your circle of influence, again, for your city, states, your regions, the America, the world, our leaders, and uh, definitely TIs around the world. Our daily uh, prayer guide for each of the next seven days is also included in the newsletter, and we have individual focuses for each day. And if you pray those, you'll be praying along with the early morning prayer team. We pray for uh, specific states each day for government, family, education, business, a religion, for arts, entertainment, and media among other things. So something else for you to incorporate into your personal prayer time. Always remember your prayer requests during the week can be submitted through our website at refugefromthestormchurch.org or through our uh, email address, refugefromstorm at aol.com. Uh, you may use both of these to submit your praise reports and tell us, tell us about the testimonies of God's goodness to you and your families. Pastor always reminds us to look for God in everything and to pray about everything, take everything to God in prayer. Now, as service begins, Sister Cheryl, remute everyone's line, and as an additional measure, please mute your landline and or your cell phone to protect the integrity of the service, uh, if you don't mind. Now, as we go higher in service, uh, we entreat the Holy Spirit, who is always with us, to move in a mighty way in this place and your location where you are. It doesn't matter where you are. Invite him to manifest his presence in our worship, in our praise, in our music, in our prayers, in the preach word. Lift your hands. Sing along with the recorded music. Uh, just have a good time in the Lord today. So that's our prayer for you. After Sister Carolyn has sung a beautiful opening song, she'll lead us through the rest of the service, and we say please be blessed and worship today. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Oh, Lord, hear our prayers, Lord, hear our prayers, when we call answer us. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers, Lord, hear our prayers, come and listen to us. Come by here, my Lord, 
Come by ear, come by ear, my Lord. Come by ear, I hear, my Lord. Come by ear, oh Lord. Come by ear, someone's crying, Lord. Come by ear, someone's crying, Lord. Come by here, someone's crying, Lord. Come by here, oh Lord, come by here. Someone's praying, Lord. Come by here, someone's praying, Lord. Come by here, someone's praying, Lord. Come by here, oh Lord, come by here. Kumbaya, my Lord, kumbaya, kumbaya, my Lord, kumbaya, kumbaya, my Lord, kumbaya, oh Lord, kumbaya. Come by here, my Lord. Come by here. Come by here, my Lord. Come by here. Come by here, my Lord. Come by here. Oh, Lord. Come by here. The scriptures selected today are two. The first one is taken from the book of John, chapter 10. Also, shortly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheep fold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I open the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. The second scripture is taken from the second book of Corinthians, chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our world are mighty God. For pulling down strongholds, casting down 
and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Let us pray. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me on the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Ye, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The second prayer, the Lord's Prayer, taken from the book of Luke, chapter 11, verses 2 through 4. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen, amen, and amen. Now let us listen to a praise and worship song, which will be followed by the altar prayer. Today, Sister Loretta will offer the altar prayer. Sister Alina, you must be muted because we can't hear you. Okay. I'll think. Okay, while we're waiting, I'll sing another stanza of my eyes. To all listeners, please excuse the interference. Can you hear me now? Now, now I can hear you. Yes. Again, again. My apologies. Oh, yeah. 
Amen. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, Lord. Thank you. Father, Father, in Jesus' name, we come to you. And Lord, that song, I, it's just not only just about unity and love for one another and standing together, it's about the gospel. It's about ministering the gospel. It's about fulfilling the Great Commission. Lord, together we will work until he comes. There's no foe that can defeat us when we're walking side by side. And Father, today I just want to pray for all of us to remember just sitting there today and looking out the window and praying and thinking, Lord, that this is our great honor, that we are purveyors of the gospel. We are to preach the word of God. We are, our mission is the great commission that you are sending us out, Lord, to preach the word for souls to be saved for your kingdom to come, for your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. To lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Help us to remember that great commission, Lord. And I just, um, I just loved you, Lord. And Lord, I thought it today of us as targeted individuals that we do have great honor upon our lives. And we do have this responsibility to preach the gospel. And Lord, we're not ones to be, we shouldn't be hiding under a rock or hiding behind a tree or limited in our homes. But Lord, that we would be speaking forth the truth of the word of God. And Lord, we know that, and I believe it's in Acts 4, that that's a perfect example of this, standing together and preaching the gospel and healing and what happens as a result of it and the things that they faced. And Peter and John, Lord God, they were, the context of it was there were, um, they saw the man laying at that gate, beautiful, and he was lame in his feet and he had been laying there a year after year, and he was lame from his mother's womb. And they said, look at us. And he would beg alms there every day, and he thought he was going to get some alms from them. And Peter looked on at him and said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And it says that immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Lord, oh, that is just amazing. And we see the gifts of the Spirit at work, miracles. And Lord, we know out of this situation of Peter and John healing this man, that the, it caught the people's attention. And um, this man was known by them. And 
Lord Peter was led by the Spirit and preached a powerful gospel message to the people. And as usual, Lord, the religious folks, those that did not believe in Jesus, were grieved because of the gospel being preached and arrested Peter and John. But they were bold in their witness, Lord, just like you said, don't be worried about what you're going to say when you're brought before the kings and governors, I'm going to give you what you're going to speak, and I'm going to give you a mouth of wisdom which your adversaries will neither be able to gainsay nor resist. They were threatened by the authorities and let go only after saying, we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. And Lord, I just um, want to read that today about what happened after that and Lord, how this can be an encouragement for us as children of God, as targeted individuals, that this is who we are. This is what we're called to do. This is the power that God has given us. We are not to be laying humiliated and forsaken and cast down. Rise up in the name of Jesus, Lord. I pray for each person there today, here today, and listening whatever way they're listening, Lord, to be touched and to realize that you are called with a holy calling. We are called to minister the gospel. We are called to heal the sick. We are called, Lord God. And this trumps anything that is happening to us, any name we've been called, anything we've been accused by. Lord, nothing holds up to this. This trumps everything. Lord, this is when they were let go, after they were let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which hast made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is, who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that thought of the things which he possessed with his own, but they had all things common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. And Father God, we just thank you for that, that this is our holy calling. This is our mission. And that this is, this is a great honor that the Lord has bestowed upon us. And Lord, I pray for every person out there today who is targeted. I pray for you to be uplifted into the glory of this saying. 
that you are chosen. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him that hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Thank you, Lord, that we can encourage ourselves in your word. Encourage us today, Lord. Touch each heart, touch each soul. Let that word of the Lord come forth and encourage my Lord. Even the word that says that they grabbed him by the hand and they lifted him up and they spoke that word to him and immediately he rose up and he went into the temple walking and leaping and praising God. Lord, we just pray for someone to receive that word today in the name of Jesus to be lifted up and immediately receive strength and walking and leaping and praising God, Lord, not just lame in their feet, but anybody with COVID-19 or anybody's relatives that have that join together and, and believe and receive and speak the word of healing in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You are able and capable and well able to do this in Jesus' name. Father, we know that it was mentioned that the monthly prayer focus is for safety and protection. And Lord, I know myself and my mother here this week, we have needed safety and protection. Lord, those, every window we have looked out, there has been something to be intimidate, to terrorize, to attack, to uh, just uh, humiliate. Father, and I know that maybe this very moment, there are those on this call that are experiencing that, that have been victims of that this week, most assuredly. And Lord, we pray for the safety and protection of those that are under the gun, that are under this, Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus, I pray for deliverance. But Lord, I pray that the, the protection that is theirs would be there for them, Lord, and they would take a hold of it. And we would know that we belong to you and you compass us about with songs of deliverance and you are a mighty God and you never leave us or forsake us. And you said a thousand would fall at our side and 10,000 at our right hand, but it would not come near us. Thank you, Lord God, for that. Lord, keep your people, which sometimes I know myself and even last night I experienced that the trembling in my heart and the anger in my soul and the, just the, uh, the resentment that I sometimes feel, Lord. But let us remember that we are trying to be overcome, but we are overcomers. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Yes, Lord, and help us to believe that, that we are overcomers. We are more than conquerors. And that as we believe that, Lord, we will be that. We will do that. We will accomplish that. And, Lord, we will have testimony to be able to encourage others, Lord, too. You said those that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves, but to comfort you and to comfort one another with these words. And, Lord, we, we love each other and we're brothers and sisters and we want to take each other by the hand and work until you come. And we know there's no foe that can defeat us. And where we have work to do, we have a mission, a commission to accomplish until you come, Lord. And we want to do that and believe in that, accomplish that and get our joy from that and the fellowship of the saints and the Holy Spirit, Lord God. And Father, the daily prayer is for family and marriages. 
And Lord, I thought about it in terms of families and marriages that are being compromised, fractured, and destroyed by this targeting, Lord, by this perpetrating, by this um, ungodly program that continues to come against your people and those that don't know you yet but will come to know you. Father, I pray for these marriages to just be mended. I pray for eyes to be opened and awakened. I pray for the confusion that comes from trying to tell your family members what is going on and not being able to communicate and not being believed or not being completely understood or wavering and relationships broken down. I speak over that in the name of Jesus, and I pray for these relationships to come together, eyes to be opened, souls to be saved, hearts to be ministered to, and for this program to be broken down to where it is no longer recognizable in the name of Jesus Christ and by his blood. Father, we pray for those that perpetrate, we pray for those that handle, and we pray for those who are living in this corrupt situation and targeting other human beings. We pray that you would wake up in the name of Jesus and hear the word of the Lord and be delivered from the throes of Satan, the depths of Satan as we speak, of destroying God's creation. Um, just attacking and humiliating other human beings to the point where they would destroy themselves and commit suicide. We take authority over that in the name of Jesus. We speak truth. We speak life. We speak glory. We preach the gospel. We lay hands on the sick. We recognize who we are, and we lift up the name of Jesus. And we are walking together. No foe can defeat us. We're walking side by side. And Lord, that one that, that I forgot, it will echo through the earth. It will shake the nations. Together we will work until he comes. We will change the world forever. Lord, we are world changers. And we give you glory. And we pray that we would just be comforted and encouraged by these words today. Invoking your name and prayer, your presence, uh, listening to your word, confessing who we are declaring the gospel and living it out in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for pastor today just to bring forth that word and to speak it out of her mouth in such power and glory that we will know that we have been in the presence of the Lord and we will receive it into our hearts. But that word, like it says in Revelation, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the church. Lord God, we thank you Thank you for this wonderful time, and we're going to receive communion, and we're going to be blessed, and we're blessed already, and we always are. Father, we lift up your name, and we pray that you would be magnified today, and your word would bring forth faith, that faith would come by hearing and hearing by the word of God, and we would be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Thank you, Lord, for being with us today. Thank you for the privilege of praying, the opportunity, the blessing. And Lord, touch every person today, comfort every person today, encourage every person today, and heal them, Lord. In Jesus' name, protect them. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Sister Loretta, for offering that insightful prayer, giving glory to God. 
and thank you for delivering our petition to the Almighty on our behalf. Now, to all worshipers, this is your invitation to giving. Our church, Refuge from the Storm, provides refuge from targeting by tending to the needs of those of us who are targeted. But we are also similar to other organizations in our community in that we have financial needs to accomplish our goals. Please help us to continue ministering to the targeted community. So for those worshipers who are able to consider making a financial contribution, you can do it in any way you like and in any amount. We welcome one-time donations for those weekly, monthly, quarterly, or annual contributions. To make your contribution, you have several ways to do it. You can go to our website, refugeonthestormchurch.org, and you can click on the right button, which will take you to where you need to be to contribute, or you can contact Pastor Millicent by email at mgrace321 at gmail.com or contact Sister Gloria, our administrative assistant, by email at refugefromstorm at com. Thank you so much. Now, as we listen to the next praise and worship song, let us prepare our hearts to receive the preached word, which will be delivered today by our pastor, Reverend Dr. Millicent Black. There might be some delay. Thank you. 
Pastor Mel, so we can't hear you. Sister Helena, would you mind playing another song while we wait for Pastor?
Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. Praise God 
from whom all blessings flow. Good afternoon, everyone. In some places around this nation, it's evening. Good evening. I thank God for this day. And I certainly thank him for each of your presence here today. As I thank you. You all have witnessed some of the opposition we have to bring in the services to you this uh, in any day of the week. But I tell you what, Sister Lena just tapped, uh, topped it off with, it's all for the glory of God. We go through what we have to go through to bring God glory, just like Jesus. And actually, it's really so relevant for the sermon this afternoon. I must voice appreciation to the ministry team for all the help that you do to bring the services to TalkShoe. Each week, I want our listening audience to understand that we go through things. We are all what's called targeted, which means that we have been chosen by our government or some other entities to be used in ways that are cruel, inhumane, and degrading. In fact, just in March, the United Nations added a new phrase to it, and they are recognizing what we are going through as cyber torture. However, we do it gladly for the glory of God. We go through what we have to, and we stand on the promises of God that he will bring us through. And so I pray, praise him for our ministry team. I praise him for our tenacity to continue to keep going, to find other ways. I was set up to share the uh, this message from my, my sister-in-law's computer. I know my computer is hacked and lo and behold, her computer began to be hacked. And so from my cell phone, we are carrying out the services of the Lord. And I offer a special thank you and a great big God bless you to each of you. I want to emphasize to our waiting congregation that it may be necessary to mute your line. Uh, as Sister Gloria has already said, and uh, that's to maintain the reverence of the service. Sometimes we are unaware of, of uh, the noises in our backgrounds and how sensitive our devices can be to those noises. And it sometimes will lower the hearing capacity of the of the rest of the congregation. So don't be surprised if you hear that uh, sound that says you are muted. Star six will unmute you at the proper time. However, we encourage you to mute yourself until such time that uh, you need to speak. To God be the glory that though we live all across the United States from California to Connecticut, from Washington State to Missouri and from Tennessee to North Carolina and even into Georgia and all the way up into Canada, we are working together by God's grace through a conference call. Now, as we turn to the scripture for today, um, I just want to alert you, we are going to be starting a new series and it's going to be shared by the ministry team for the last two months. Uh, we focused on our messages from the book entitled Anchored by Cynthia Kavanaugh. And that's just to give 
each of us a, a, a better grasp on what it means to be anchored in the Lord. And so we talked about the different um, experiences of the prophets in both the Old Testament and the New Testament as they followed God and as they followed Christ, the um, opposition that they had to endure. However, they remained anchored. They remained tied to Please stay tuned for Pastor Mills. I'm back. I'm back. I I, I called in this time, uh, Sister Cheryl. I came in uh, through the internet on my phone. Remember. Uh, South Central Bell has threatened to stop my phone service if I go over so many minutes of using the phone for a conference call. And consequently, that makes it necessary for me to use my internet uh, as much and whenever it's possible. I don't. So the perpetrators have decided today that they were going to make me use my cell phone number because even on my phone internet, I was blocked. Um, but God took God be the glory to God be the glory. I was talking about the series that we're starting. We're, we're try, wanting to turn our attention to appreciating the sacrifice that Christ made for us at Calvary. And so I'm going to be uh, reading the scripture today from Hebrews. I'm going to be kind of going through a couple of, of different chapters there as we turn our attentions to the sacrifice and the meaning of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ at Calvary. Um, then for the next three weeks, we're going to be bringing sermons that will, or messages or teachings that will be consistent with this particular theme. So from the book of Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, and also from Hebrews chapter 9, verses 11 through 14, 
just because I'm on the phone doesn't mean that I'm not going to have opposition. So if you should leave me, just lose me, just know that I'll be right back in. From the English Standard Version of the Bible, long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Then Hebrews 9, 11 through 14, but when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent not made with hands, that is not of this creation, he entered in once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. But if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctified for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, Purify our consciences from dead works to serve the living God. Let us pray. For your glory, Lord. We will do anything, God. We will go any place. We will yield to your Holy Spirit's power within us to say what you would have us to say. For your glory, Lord. For your glory, Lord, we will hold up the blood-stained banner of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For your glory, Lord, we will share the good news of the gospel that the Savior has come. For your glory, Lord, all for your glory. Father God, we do pray now that you would bless this word, cause the words to be spoken that you would have to be spoken. Block that voice of the adversary, I pray in the name of Jesus. Frustrate the antics of the enemy, Lord, as we endeavor to bring your word about your covenant with your people through your son, for your glory, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. And the, the title of the, of the message today is not a preaching, preaching message, it's a teaching message. So we're going to be running some scriptures and looking at what God said about some things. Appreciating the sacrifice of the blood of Jesus. Appreciating the sacrifice of the blood of Jesus. So as I stated during the, this month of May, the, you know, the number five means grace. His grace truly is sufficient for us. Even today, when there's been so much opposition to bring in the word of God, 
for it is indeed good news. Before the month of May, the ministerial team of, uh, that's composed of Minister Juanita Purdy, Ministers Pamela and Pastor Terrence Wilson, and myself, I and I will be turning our attention to the power of the blood of Jesus and the benefits that we can have as a result of the cross. You know, we have talked across the years about the power of the blood. We've talked about the covenant that God has made with various ones across the centuries. And I was very interested as I found out that even in today's culture, not in the United States, but in other countries, Africa, India, China, Borneo, and the islands of the seas, men are still practicing a blood covenant very similar to our Lord's table. I read a story years ago that was written in a book by E.W. W. Kenyon on the blood and about Stanley Livingston. You all may remember hearing about Stanley Livingston in our history book. Stanley Livingston was a missionary to the continent of Africa. And once in Africa, he was approached by some of the chiefs to cut a covenant with them. And he would not defile or dis, uh, appreciate the covenant of the blood of Jesus and until one of the chiefs explained to him what, it, what a covenant meant to them. Now, the word, the Hebrew word, means to cut. It has the suggestion of an incision where blood flows. In practically every place where the word is used in the scriptures, it means to cut the covenant. So finally, Stanley Livingston agreed to do what was asked of him. They explained what it would be done in cutting a covenant. They literally cut the flesh, and they mixed the blood. Now, one um, in one place it is told that the blood was allowed to drip into a cup, a cup of wine, and the two people who were cutting the covenant drank that, which made their blood to mingle. And then after that ceremony was done, then the two of them would often join their uh, incisions, which was also representative of allowing each other's blood to run in their veins. Now, I thought about this, and I thought about it being sacrilegious, and I thought about it surely not representing what we know that God has done for us. In fact, I can truly appreciate that God would not, did not require that kind of sacrifice from us. And then my mind went over to Acts chapter 17, verse 28, I believe, and it says that from one blood, God made all of us. And so I began to think about it in that way. Well, okay, Father, so that means then that they were literally making covenant with you anyway since it was your blood. But 
God made a way that we would not have to do that to have an agreement. But I tell you what the old chief said to Stanley Livingston. He said, well, you know, after all, when you make a covenant of this sort, first of all, you never want to break it because all kinds of curses follow a covenant that's been broken when it's been made in blood. He said, but second of all, everything that your brother owns, now you take part in the ownership of it. Well, I'm praying that as we look at the sacrifice that Jesus made for us at Calvary, as we remember how he shed his blood for us, and even the Lord's Supper that was shared with the disciples the night before he was betrayed, I pray that we will acquire better appreciation of what Jesus actually did for us and the fact that all that Jesus owns now belongs to us as we share in the inheritance that Jesus made with, with God, made for us with God through a covenant of love. Now, I, that word covenant of love, I found in Leviticus chapter 3, verses 21-22, it said, um, this was, a, was written by Jeremiah. Jeremiah sat and complained to God about all of the, gee, all of the distress, all of the, the uh, unhappiness that he was enduring because of the ways that he had been mistreated by the children of Israel, as he just simply acted as a prophet for God. He simply did what God said to do. He said what God said to say to the people. And no matter how the people treated or mistreated him, Jeremiah had to obey God. And so Jeremiah sat down one day and just had a pity party, and he talked to God about it, and he wanted to know from God why he was allowing him to go through so much. I want you to think about yourself as I talk through these scriptures. He wanted to know from God what he'd done so wrong that God would leave him so long at the mercy of the people that God loved, and he loved also, but they surely weren't showing enough love to him. Jeremiah wanted to know from God how long this thing was going to last and what could he do to bring it to a swifter end than it was coming. And God was silent. God just allowed Jeremiah to think things over. Have you been in that place where God just allowed you to think yourself to the place where you needed to be? Sometimes God allows us to do like David when he was, really upset about things, and sometimes David said, I just had to think myself happy. Well, Jeremiah wasn't getting happy fast enough, and I'm going to tell you what, God was silent until he got to that place where Jeremiah himself, almost like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, said, these things I recall to mind. Jeremiah began to let himself go back through the annals or, or the pages of his life and say, well, God was here at this juncture, and he took care of these people when they mistreated me at this place, and he opened the door here, and he shut a door here to keep my enemies out. And then when all else fell, God was my food when I was hungry and probably my water when I was thirsty. And in the place where the people were bringing charges against me, God showed up with the briefcase and said, Your Honor, I'm the one who's going to take care of this case. 
Jeremiah said, these things I'll be called to mind. Therefore, I have hope. It is because of the Lord's seed. That's the Hebrew word for covenant of love. Because of the Lord's covenant of love, I am not consumed. His compassion fail not. His mercies are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. You all, as we've gone through being shut out, both Cheryl and I have been shut out of the computer time after time after time. Just this afternoon, Sister Helena may have had her her internet, her connections cut so that she couldn't stop the music at the right time. And once I got on the phone to bring the word to you about what redemption has brought to us, even there I was still locked out. But by another means, see these things I recall to mind. It's because of God's mercy. And that makes me say, great is thy faithfulness. The songwriter went on and added the phrase, Lord, unto me, I pray that you're able to say those same words today. Or even as the words of the songwriter that sung, I am redeemed. And I was about to start the the, uh, greeting even this afternoon by saying, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Whom has been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb? And so what in the world does that word mean? Covenant. And I found the term covenant of redemption. I actually went back to look at what the old theologians had to say about the covenant of the blood, about the sacrifice that was made for us at Calvary that meant the shedding of blood. And I found R.C. Sproul who had written about the covenant of redemption. And he said that the Bible speaks often of God's eternal counsel, of his plan of salvation, and things of this nature. Well, I want you to know who the eternal counsel is. It was made up of of three people, and we call them three distinct offices, and but they're all one in the same. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And in Genesis chapter 1, we read that God came together and said, according to Langston Hughes, I'm lonely. I, uh, I'll make me a world. Because it says that at the beginning of time, there was a total chaos. And total chaos was composed of total darkness. And our book, our Bible tells us as God went through the first six days of creation, he made sure that things had their proper place, that there was light from the sun, the moon, and the stars, that the water was separated from the earth, that there were animals and vegetation and trees all in those first six days. And then God decided he would make man. So Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 says that God created man and male and female, created he them. And then over in chapter 2 of Genesis, it tells us how God created them. And it also tells us about God creating a helpmeet for Adam. And then chapter 3 comes the fall. Oh, my goodness. 
And after the fall is the first shedding of blood to cover mankind. So it was the sin of Adam and Eve, and we are familiar with the sin that meant the eating of an apple that was offered by, or, or, or a fruit, it doesn't say apple, but we think about the apple because that's what many of us have seen or, or heard of or read of. But it says the fruit from the tree of life is the what was offered to first Eve, who then gave it to Adam as they both became beguiled by a snake, and that snake was representative of Satan himself. At this point, mankind fell out of relationship or fellowship with God, and there was a need for a plan. But as I studied you all, I became so excited as I saw that the plan did not just start with Adam and Eve. When I looked at what the word said about uh, Jesus coming to redeem mankind, and the word redemption means to buy us back, to make a contract that was going to be an eternal covenant, it seems that they had already had the conversation, possibly during the creation and certainly before the, before the creation. It says specifically there was a covenant made between the Father and the Son. And so it seems that before time began, God and Jesus was having a conversation about him making mankind and once mankind came into the world, he would be subject to the trickster Satan who had already apparently been kicked out of heaven and was having wrecking havoc in the world. And Jesus apparently volunteered to come to earth so that mankind would always be able to have a relationship with God the Father. Now, what made man so important to God? It was because back in Genesis chapter 2, it says, after God formed man, he blew into his nostrils the breath of life. That meant God shared with himself the very essence of who God was. The very essence of who God was. And so God wanted to make sure that he could always be in relationship with himself, with himself. We'll get to it again, but in the book of Hebrews, it tells us that God, having no other name to swear by, he swore by himself. Well, God made a covenant with himself, and he made a covenant with an everlasting covenant with himself. When he blew into man himself, God lives in us. But sin became the separating factor, and Jesus became the ultimate Closure for mankind to always have an opening into the presence of God. However, I looked at other covenants, that blood covenants or blood sacrifices that were made. And as we go on into Genesis, in comes Abraham. We'll remember the story that God sent Abraham away from his father because there were idol worship in the family. 
And God had to have a man with whom he could cut a covenant that would, he would give the world to, that they might inhabit. Abraham was the chosen one. When Abraham went according to God's instruction, God made covenant with Abraham again by the shedding of blood. For the second time, an animal was used to make a covenant or to seal the covenant. And I'm not going to go into all of it because we'd be here all afternoon. I'm just going to lay a foundation. And, and then through the next three weeks, we're gonna, I'm going to believe God's going to work it all together, that the whole plan will be much clearer, that you'll become so much more excited, that we'll be able to lay claim to, take possession of, and fight to keep the blessing of the Lord that made us rich and did not add any sorrow to it. So through the Abrahamic covenant, Came Isaac. Isaac became the, almost became the sacrifice. But you know what? I believe spiritually God accepted Isaac as the sacrifice because he instructed that son that it took Abraham to age 100 to get. God instructed him to take him up to Mount Moriah and make a sacrifice out of him. And Abraham took him. Just as God instructed, this is the second time in Abraham's life that he had to follow hard instructions, not understanding what the end was going to be, but trusting God, the real God, that he would honor his promises on Mount Moriah, up the, on the way to, up the hill to Mount Moriah. Isaac asked his father, Where, where's the sacrifice? And Abraham says to Isaac, the Lord will provide for himself a sacrifice. And on Mount Moriah, laying on the altar, with his hand pulled back and the, the knife in his hands, Abraham heard the voice of an angel say, stay your hand. And Abraham looked over and caught in the thicket was a ram. God had indeed. Just as Abraham had said to Isaac up the hill, God will provide for himself. A, a ram, a sacrifice, and that ram was caught in the bush. So Abraham was allowed to kill the ram that became the blood sacrifice, and that was to have been the prototype of Jesus becoming the sacrifice, but this time for mankind. As we go on looking at, at uh, other times that blood sacrifices were used, there was a blood sacrifice between David and Jonathan. You'll recall that Jonathan was Saul's son, and Saul became the first king of Israel. David became the second king of Israel who replaced Saul, and God had said that he would replace him during his lifetime because God re moved the anointing from Saul's life. But David and Jonathan had already played together. They'd already grown up together, and they loved one another. So somewhere along the line, they heard about the blood covenant, and they cut their wrists and shared their blood in covenant with one another. That was to make them brothers forever. So as the 
as the, the, the word tells us, both Saul and Jonathan died. And that left Jonathan's son, Mephibosheth. Jonathan sent to look for the heir to Jonathan, that he might bring him into his palace and care for him as his own. So he heard about Mephibosheth, and he sent for him, brought him in. Mephibosheth had been dropped as an infant. His foot was deformed. But the word as I was reading it and studying today was showing me that the table became the covering for Mephibosheth. Therefore, his, his, the, the deformity of his feet was never seen. Today, even, we, we learned in our history books that, that nations, especially Indians, were known for cutting blood covenant. But because man could not stay out of trouble, as we go through the Old Testament and even into the New Testament, we found that over and over and over, man failed their covenant with God. Man would promise to do right, and before you know it, they could not keep their promise to God. And God had already wasn't, up, wasn't upset about it, wasn't surprised. He knew it was going to happen, but God and Jesus had already made an agreement. They already had a covenant, and that covenant was love, that Jesus would come to here to become the sacrifice for mankind. And that's where Jesus comes in. We'll remember what happened when he was born Conceived of a virgin, born and laid in a manger, a lowly birth. How he grew and in favor with God and with man. He, he was able to debate with the priests and the scribes in the temple. And one day Jesus grew up. And the next time we see Jesus in the temple, he was reading from Isaiah 61 that says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to teach, to heal, to bind up, to set at liberty those that are, are enslaved or bound, and to declare or to proclaim the liberty of the Lord. After that, we remember that Jesus was taken into the, into the wilderness where he was, challenged by Satan, and defeated him. Jesus came back, began to collect disciples, and on to the Lord's table or the Last Supper, which is what we will be celebrating today, that sacrifice. Jesus talked to the disciples about what was going to happen as they walked with him. Because there was to be an exchange. That great exchange was Jesus' life for ours. Jesus' innocence for our guilt. Jesus took on our shame. Jesus made sure that we were going to have righteousness. He made sure that we would also be able to go into the temple and before the Holy of Holies on our own. That blood covenant 
meant that Jesus was about to become a sacrifice that was going to secure for all time our access to the Father. And this time it would only be by faith in what the blood accomplished. What I have read in your hearing was talking about long ago, God used our fathers and the prophets to talk about how God had taken care of his children. But he also used the prophets to prophesy the coming of the Messiah, one who would satisfy all of the requirements for mankind to be at peace with God forever. It says, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. And Jesus speaks to us by the spirit of the living God. Because as we will recall what happened, Jesus was betrayed on the very same night that he had that last supper. He was betrayed. He went out into the Garden of Gethsemane, heavy with the challenge of his assignment. This time he had to take on Satan in a way that no one else could, but he was guaranteed the victory. However, in his humaneness, Jesus did exactly what we would do. We would, we've asked, and I'm sure we've all asked God even in the times and the days and the weeks and the months and for some, the years that have passed us, to take the cup from us. As Jesus did that, he himself had to wait in that silence as he hoped God would say something, but really knowing because he'd already talked it out that only he could give the answer, Jesus himself. And Jesus' answer was the yielding of his spirit by saying to his Father God, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. As Jesus left the garden, Judas came, and we'll recall that day before or those days that led to Calvary, Jesus went through the, through the halls, through the judgment hall. He was assigned guilty, and the guilty was set free. And up the hill to Calvary, he went carrying a cross. On the cross, we experienced on, on April the 8th, the seven last sayings of Christ on the cross. It was such a wonderful service. Each person came with the challenge from straight from heaven to us. But even those last sayings could not take Christ off the cross. The very last saying is what got him off the cross. When he said, into thy hand, I commend my spirit. Now, again, that's another place that I received some really uh, real excitement as I studied this um, for this message. And I did not just start today or yesterday. I actually started a week or so ago just kind of thinking about it and looking at, at it and all of that that it meant to us. But Jesus gave back to God what God gave mankind when he created us. He blew into our nostrils the breath of life. And that breath of life represented God's spirit coming into us. And then it says Jesus gave up the ghost. Well, 
Jesus had to go through that death, that we might not have to. And I'm talking about the death that would separate us permanently from God. At that point, Jesus entered into eternity, and eternity became ours. Because that, that breath, once it leaves us, will, is now guaranteed to go back to the Father. Satan is defeated once again. I want us to get that same excitement as you think about what all Jesus did for us, what all Jesus paid for us, how many ways he defeated the adversary on our behalf. I want you to think about the fact that in targeting, we are heaped with guilt and shame that is not ours. But Jesus took on himself guilt and shame that was ours, that we would not have to bear it again. God did so much for us. Jesus left the temple that he was here on earth that we might become the temples of God. And how we became the temple was by the presence of the Holy Spirit. Thus, Jesus gave the, the, the sprinkling prescription for inheriting his covenant that was not by blood but by faith. You see, in the blood and, 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 and baptism is what we do by the name of Jesus. We accept the, by faith the power of the blood to save us. When we pray the prayer of salvation, we, we acknowledge to God that we believe what Jesus did for us. It's still good today, and it will save me from my sins. Then we go through the water of baptism. And in the old days, they just sprinkled, I believe. I don't know if there was immersion, but whichever way that there is, you have to remember that as they stabbed Jesus, there was a sprinkling of blood. When they put the nails in his hands and his feet, there was a sprinkling of blood. When they jabbed him in his side, there was a sprinkling of blood. And God doesn't expect us to go through the blood anymore. Because when we accept Jesus by faith and what he did for us, the water becomes the cleansing factor for us because of what Jesus did at Calvary and because of the covenant of love that he made with God the Father before the world began. And what's left for us now are the ordinances of baptism and the Lord's Supper. Those were established by Jesus. As he himself allowed himself to be baptized by John in the Jordan, and as he fed the disciples, when he said to them, this bread represents my body, and this cup represents my blood, and as often as you take them, you do remember my death until I come again. So guess what? When Jesus gave up the ghost, and his spirit went back to the Father that gave it. That confirmed and sanctified his return. That's what we're waiting on right now. We followed the instruction. We accepted the blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ at Calvary. We've gone through the baptism, this time in the name of the Father in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Ghost, those three that were together at the beginning of time. And then the word says that we are raised from 
the water, to walk in the newness of life. Romans 8.1 gives us a great fact, a great, um, a great other, other reason for shouting when it tells us, there is therefore now no condemnation to him who is in Christ Jesus, who walks not after the flesh, but after the spirit. You see, Jesus had to become our high priest in order that he could tell the Father what's happening to us, why it is that we're making the mistakes, why we can't seem to walk a straight line for very long, why it is that we make a promise today and sometimes before the day is over, we have already gone back on the promise. Jesus had to be our high priest. It says in Hebrews 9, verse 11, but when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greatest and more perfect tent, not made by hand. He entered once and for all into the holy place. Y'all, there's a lot that, that needs to be said about, about the, the, the tabernacle and going into the tabernacle, about the, uh, how the, the, the tables were set and how the uh, mercy seat was, where the mercy seat was, but we'll have to get into that in the days, in the weeks to come. What we need to know, though, is what used to happen in the tabernacle was there was a mercy seat, and there was someone called the high priest from the tribe of Levi who were the only ones that could go into the Holy of Holies to make sacrifice for the sins of the people. That sacrifice was only made once a year. So can you imagine the anxiety of sinning today and not and knowing that it's going to be December 31st before somebody can go and make atonement for you for that sin, before someone can go in and say, God, they didn't mean it. Here's a sacrifice of blood to, to wash that sin away. Because that's what it meant. Can you imagine depending on a man to go in to God for you and to make a sacrifice for you that himself may not be clean enough and he might be rejected by death. After you've waited for a whole year for someone to go in, God said, that is just not working. It is not sufficient for the people that I love too much. I can't, I can't risk losing who I am in them. And so Jesus came. Jesus came. Jesus went to the cross. Jesus went to the grave, and Jesus got up. Not only did he get up on the earth, but he also went back up to heaven, where the word of God says he's now seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. There's no lawsuit that can be brought against you by any representative of Satan in the courtroom of God that will be lost by Jesus, our high priest, who also becomes our lawyer in the presence of God, the spotless lamb, the one who became our substitute, our redeemer, the one who brought us back. Every time we sin, every time we make an error, every time we ourselves yield to evil, there's a redemption plan through which we are able to be cleansed and made righteous once again. So what exactly is it 
that we need to be grateful for? What is it that we need to appreciate about the sacrifice of the blood of Jesus? Do I need to ask the question today? I appreciate not having to face death alone. I appreciate knowing that when I stumble, when I fall into a fault, there is an atonement right away. For 1 John 1, 9 tells us, when we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. I appreciate knowing that when someone accuses me of something I did not do, my high priest is going to be at my defense. I appreciate knowing that every time there's a sickness or a disease that comes at me, the word of God says that it has to bow when I use the name of my high priest because the word tells us at the name of Jesus, Every knee must bow and every tongue must confess that Jesus is Lord. My high priest is Lord over it all. When we have to face the the, the nightly terrorization, the daily torture, whatever it is the adversary throws at us, he still has to get permission because the blood has taken care of that. The blood is what will get us through these days to come. The blood of Jesus. It's not any blood. You see, I can cut myself all day long and say, Lord, I'm making this sacrifice for for all of the ladies that refuge from the storm church. And God is going to say, invalid. I can go out and, and find me the cleanest lamb that I can find. I can get the whitest dove. And I can say, Father, I, I present these as we cut them for their blood on the mercy seat. For my sisters and my brothers in the earth, God's going to say invalid. I can even go out and cut my own child and say, Father, I'm bringing you the blood of my little girl. Can I make it as an atonement? Can I make it as something that will bring my sisters and my brothers back into fellowship with you? And God's going to tell me invalid because once and for all, The blood of Jesus has been shed for you and for me once and for all. Atonement has been made for all the sins, past, present, and future. My my ex-husband used to say, my past is forgiven. My present makes sense. And my future is secure because of the blood of Jesus. The only one who could validate that there's a reason for God to forgive us once and for all, they made a covenant in heaven before there ever was a world. While the darkness was still covering over everything and the sea and the, and, and the earth was not even separated, before the sun, the stars, and the moon got hung in the sky, God and Jesus had made a covenant with one another. They loved us enough that he, Jesus, would come to earth and challenge everything that the enemy would say or, or do while he tried to keep us separated from the God that loved us. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me old again? Nothing but the blood. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the blood that washes me white as snow. No other help I know. 
nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen. 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 Dr. Milton, thank you for your beautiful thank message you. on the blood of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Now, as we celebrate receiving God's word through Pastor Milton's preached word, let us listen to a praise and worship song and let us prepare our hearts to receive Holy Communion and get ready by gathering our elements of a cracker, a piece of bread, and water, juice, or wine. me, Elder Carolyn, did you call for me to play the music? Yes, please. I apologize. I got cut off and just call back in. Okay. You thought I was worth saving So you came and changed my life you thought I was worth keeping So you cleaned me up inside You thought I was to die for So you sacrificed your life So I could be free So I could be whole And I could tell everyone my love You thought I was worth you came, you thought I was worth it, you cleaned me up inside, you thought I was to die for, you sacrificed your life so I could be free. Thank you. 
Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come to this table, not because you must, but because you may. Not because you are strong, but because you are weak. Come not because any goodness of your own gives you a right to come, but because you need mercy and help. Come because you love the Lord a little and would like to love him more. Come because he loved you and gave himself for you. Come and meet the risen Christ, for we are his body. The Apostle Paul tells us of the institution of the Lord's Supper. He says, for I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took a loaf of bread And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body that is for you. 
Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us pray. Loving God, we praise and thank you for your love shown to us in Christ Jesus. We thank you for his life and ministry announcing the good news of your kingdom and demonstrating his power by lifting up the downtrodden and healing the sick and loving the loveless. We thank you for his sacrificial death upon the cross for the redemption of the world and for raising him to life again as a foretaste of the glory we shall all share. We give you thanks for this bread and wine, symbols of our world, and signs of your transforming love. We ask you, God, now to change it from a normal and a natural use, Father, to a spiritual use. Send your Holy Spirit, we pray, that we may be renewed into the likeness of Jesus Christ and formed into his body. We pray in the name of Jesus. And for his sake, amen. You may now take your bread in your hand. Jesus said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. You may eat your bread, your cracker. Now, if you take your cup in your hand, In the same way, he took the cup after supper and said, this cup is the new covenant sealed by my blood. Whenever you drink it, do this in memory of me. You may drink your juice, your water, or your wine. Your death, O Lord, we commemorate. Your resurrection, we confess. Your final coming, we await. Glory be to you, O Christ. Father of all, we give you thanks and praise that when we were still far off, you met us in your son and brought us home. Dying and living, he declared your love, gave us grace, and opened the gate of glory. May we share Christ's body, live his risen life, We who drink his cup bring life to others. We whom the spirit life give life to the world. Keep us firm in the hope you have set before us so we and all your children shall be free and the whole earth live to praise your name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Sister Carolyn? Hello? Oh, yes, yes. Sorry. Sorry. Now let us listen to a praise and worship song celebrating receiving Holy Communion. 
The invitation to discipleship will follow with Sister Helena Thompson.
Melissa, I love that verse. When gloom and sadness whisper, you've sinned. You've sinned. No use to pray. No use to pray. I look away to Jesus, and he tells me to say, there is a crimson stream of blood that flows from Calvary. It's waves that reach the throne of God are sweeping over me. You know what? Satan has no comeback for that.
night with Refuge from the Storm Church or a Bible-based church in your local community. And then we advise that you would begin reading your Bible and we like to encourage you to be, you know, start at Ephesians or the book of John. It's a good place to begin. And if you would email us at our website, which our sister Cheryl does such a beautiful job of putting together, uh, you can do that at admin, A-D-M-I-N, at refugefromthestormchurch.org. You can do that to let us know of your decision. You can ask us for prayer or suggestions on how to begin your journey throughout the Bible. We also would like to encourage you to go there to um, look up and find our weekly newsletter that our sister Gloria does such a beautiful job of putting together every single week. And then you can be in touch with everything that we do, our timing, and all of the activities that are done here at Refuge from the Storm Church. We thank you and we welcome you. Refuge from the Storm Church into the family of God. Amen. Thank you, Sister Helena, for that heartfelt message. Let us listen to a praise and worship song closing our service. Afterwards, our pastor, Reverend Millicent, will deliver final remarks and will offer the benediction.
Thank you for Pastor Wilson. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Minister Carolyn. I um I'm talking in the phone with it on mute, so I apologize. But I was just saying that I pray that you all will come back 
next week and, and, and in the, throughout the month of May and with excitement and expectancy to hear more about the reasons that we have to appreciate the sacrifice of Jesus Christ at Calvary. It's all about the blood. It's all about the blood. And it's God's blood, whether it's in us or being shed for us to Calvary. But the point is, nobody's blood is going to be, be uh, able to make atonement for our sins, to heal us, to cleanse us, or to free us but the blood of Jesus. I want to just reiterate our services and invite you and you and you back uh, starting Wednesday morning at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday morning uh, for our early morning prayer. If you are early riser, we would love to have you come and pray with us. We are praying about the concerns of the nation. We are praying for individual agencies and groups. We are praying for one another, and we are praying for you. So we do invite you to come back and be with us on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday morning at 6 p.m. Eastern time. And then Wednesday night is our Bible study. We'll be back in the book entitled Overcomer as we continue with looking at why we are broken. We do invite you to come. That time is 8 p.m. Eastern time next Wednesday night. Then next Saturday um, morning is our Saturday prayer time. We are having Saturday, uh, Saturday prayer one time a month, led by Minister Juanita, and that time is just for you. So we invite you to come. Many of you cannot get up early enough during the week. Some work, some have family members that make that early hour inconvenient, but Saturday, Next Saturday morning, it doesn't start until 9 a.m. Eastern time, and that hopefully is the time that you can join us. And then back here next Saturday afternoon, we'll continue in our series of looking at appreciating the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ for the blood that was shed for us. I'm going to end this evening now with the prayer that um, has been made famous by Dr. Robert Schuler is so appropriate for where we are right now. Um, after the benediction, the call will be, uh, the recording will be paused, and anyone who needs prayer, if you will stay with us, we will be so happy to pray with you. If you pray the prayer uh, to ask Jesus into your heart, by all means, stay with us. Uh, we definitely want to pray with you and see if there are other ways that we can be a blessing to you in your walk with Christ. Now as we look to the Lord to be dismissed, and now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may God give you his peace in your going out and in your coming in, in your lying down and in your rising up, in your labor and in your leisure in your laughter and in your tears, until you come to stand before Jesus in that day in which there is no sunset and no dawning. In Jesus' name, amen.